Are you a church leader trying to navigate the tension of doing ministry both online and in person? Welcome to the Bricks and Clicks Church Leadership Podcast, a podcast where church leaders and ministry experts share ideas, solutions, and experiences about making church work both in person and online. Meet the hosts of Bricks and Clicks, a Brit and an Aussie who became friends in their efforts of making churches irresistible. Duncan Banks lives just outside London, England, and Jason Perkins lives in Brisbane, Australia. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Banksy and Perko. Well, g'day everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Bricks and Clicks podcast. This is Perko, one of your co-hosts, with my good friend Banksy in London, England. London, England, how are things today, Duncan, for you guys oh. out there? Weather-wise, COVID, you just give us the give us the rundown before we introduce our great guests that we have on tonight. You see, Jason, I, I'm looking at the news, and um, you know, I, I'm seeing what's going on in Australia. And you guys have just got freedom to move around and do what you like. In in England, we are locked down. We've been locked down since Christmas. You can only go out of your house if you want to, you know, uh, go to the store or walk around the block for. 10 minutes that's it you know otherwise the police come and lock you up again so we can't get out and we've, we've been like it since christmas it's now um you know the middle end of january and we're going to be like this till march potentially april so to be honest it's not great so by the time you know by the time march comes around we would have been doing zoom church and youtube church for for virtually 12 months and none of us pastors ever signed up to do pastoring like this you know so it's been it's been a nightmare we're in the midst of a nightmare but God is still on his throne. We're yeah. still hopeful. But, you know, to be honest, I know it's not a fun answer, but to be honest, we're exhausted. Yeah. We're tired and a little yeah. disappointed. So it's kind of tough right now. So we look in sheer jealousy of you guys that are going to the beach and eating at restaurants and going to cricket matches, even though your team lose. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, so yeah, it's, yeah. we look in, in, in awe and wonder at what God is doing in Australia and wish he would come and do it over here, really. Well, here's the deal. The whole purpose of the Bricks and Clicks podcast is to help church leaders navigate the hybrid now as we find ourselves leading churches in both the in-person gathering and the online gatherings. And even though we are able to gather in person here in Australia, we're still wrestling with how do we actually keep the online content engaging and attractive to people and continue to not lose ground with all of the things we gained in 2020. So I've got some friends with me, Duncan, that are going to help us uh, here in Australia that are leaders of churches that are going to help us navigate. Hey, what does it look like? What did we learn in 2020? What are we taking into 2021? And hopefully, no matter what part of the world you're living in, hopefully this uh, episode will help you navigate this unique time that we're in where we're doing church both online and in person. So I've got my friends, uh, Kevin Thomas, from our church in Burley Heads, Queensland, which is the beautiful Gold Coast of Australia. And uh, it's where all of our international visitors love to come and hang out at Surfers Paradise. Kevin, how are things on the Gold Coast for you, mate? Uh, things on the Gold Coast, mate, it's, it's great. You know, compared to, I'm just listening to Duncan, I'm thinking, man, we, we are just so blessed. I mean, it's still frustrating because of the fact that the COVID restrictions are still there and we've got to still deal with numbers and we've got to deal with registrations and, and how do you put these people on the floor and then give them not mixing areas. So we've still got that to deal with it. Although in some areas, like there are some churches that seem to have different COVID plans and they're doing it differently, but it's still that constant tension of like, how are you going to manage this? And by 
doing as much as you can as possible to be respectful of the government and what they want us to do. But yeah. uh, but all in all, and compared to when you're hearing what's happening around the world, we are incredibly blessed. Yeah. But I do understand, I understand what Duncan was sharing about the exhaustion component of it. Everybody I speak to is just exhausted. Yeah. Even though we've come out and we're still trying to figure out this hybrid, it's just we're exhausted. Yeah. And just a little bit north of Kevin on the Sunshine Coast of Australia, which, by the way, for our listeners, the Gold Coast is where all of our international visitors go because they do have great beaches. But the reality is the secret place of all Australians is the Sunshine Coast. We don't tell people from overseas too much about it. We let them go to the Gold Coast. But two hours north of the Gold Coast is the beautiful Sunshine Coast. And my good friend, Jonathan Gulo, pastor of Suncoast Church, is on the call with us as well. Jono, how are things on the sunny coast, mate? And how are things in your household with a brand newborn baby as you navigate leading a church as well? <laughs> yeah, apologies, right? From the get-go, I can hear my five-month-old screaming her lungs out upstairs. <laughs> and we're in a pretty small townhouse, so um, she might join us. Yeah. Just preparing. Mate, it's interesting. You you're letting out the secret, Perko, about the sunny coast. I know. Shouldn't we should keep it under wraps. No, no, this is actually no joke. Um, <clears throat> people are flocking to move here. Um, it's people are exiting the cities from all around Australia. People are recognising that just uh, the conundrum of COVID is not um, going away anytime soon. And so people are recognising cities might not be the most attractive places if you have the option to leave. And so... Um, I'm regularly, like I've got a lot of friends who've been, you know, preparing to save money to buy a house or couples who've got engaged and want to now get their own place to rent. And it's impossible now. You rock up to any places, there are 50 to 80 families trying to go for a rental, trying to buy a place. Mm. Prices have skyrocketed. It's just bizarre. And so um, <laughs> Sunshine Coast is booming. Yeah, it sure is. And the secret is out. Duncan, you've got some friends with you as well that are going to help us learn what you guys have faced during the pandemic in the UK and Ireland. Why don't you take some time to introduce them to us? This really is a truly international uh, podcast, Perco, because I've got Chris, who's just a stone's throw right from the heart of London. And I've got Jamie, who's a little flight from London across to Dublin Airport. And he's about a 20 minute drive from Dublin Airport. So he runs a fantastic church in Ireland, uh, in the centre of Dublin. So, uh, Jamie, why don't you go first, introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about the church that you are the pastor of. Yeah, so based in Dublin, Ireland, um, home of Guinness and all things good. Actually, someone sent me a meme the other day that really cheered me up with all the bad weather and all the COVID. And uh, the meme went, I tried speaking to God today, I couldn't get a hold of him. I asked him where he was and he said he was working from home in Ireland. So there you go. Now you all know where you get to come when you die. Your reward is my reality, basically. You all got to come here after all your toiling in Australia. I just live here, so it's, it's really great. Uh, very blessed and privileged to be uh, here in Ireland. But uh, yeah, we, I've been pastoring here for 14 years. We've got two locations and uh, married with three boys and a fourth on the way. So we're wow. growing the church at all costs Yeah, uh, and populating the earth with men, keeping it masculine. So uh, lock up your daughter's people because uh, the Corcorans are coming. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so we, we've been the same. We haven't, because both of our venues are portable, we're actually in the process of trying to buy a building in the final process. So appreciate all the prayers for that. But um, because both of our venues are portable, we haven't had any meeting of any size in person since March. So it's not even a prayer meeting, nothing. Wow. Uh, and because we had to convert our office space into a studio for recording, 
we can't we haven't been able to staff meetings nothing so we're coming up on 11 months now having not had any physical meeting at all and this is our third lockdown just like the uk level five so full lockdown you know travel bans all this kind of stuff even construction industry has stopped here it's so bad um and so i think like you know people can take the first one people got you know pretty you got the wind knocked out the second one the third one's like man you're kicking us when we're down people and i think we we as a church have transitioned well and used technology to our advantage quite well now on this third one i can feel from the people like a kind of a a waning like a desire to to regather reconnect so we're trying to be creative and use the resource that we have. We're in a period of 21 days of prayer and fasting right now. So we're doing prayer webinars, which have been a really cool thing, keep us connected. And really the lifeblood of our church this whole time is with small groups. If we, if we didn't have such a small group culture, we'd be lost. So, so it's more questions than answers. I'm just trying to keep it simple and keep our eyes on Jesus uh, in a very difficult and sucky time. And Perko, this is why it's tough, because I know, you know, ja- Jamie's got a, a church to run, big church meets on two locations. Um, you know, for Ireland, it is a big church. And we're so excited that he's part of our Further Faster Network, because um, he's a flagship church for us in, in Ireland and a flagship pastor. But this is why people are exhausted. Jamie's got three boys and another one on the way, and, and he's having to homeschool them, mm. along with Ludmilla, his wife, yeah. and pastor a church. I mean, it's just exhausting, you know. I mean, we're just grateful that he's 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 awake and ready to speak to us this morning. Yeah. Um, so, Chris, you're you're in the UK. You're in London. Give us a picture of life in the Simpkins household and 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 the, how you're coping as a church. Yeah. So we're we're in Finchampstead, which is a, a village um, by a place called Reading, and it's the same as what Jane was saying life's a bit tough I look out the window it's a grey morning it's raining it's windy um our kids are downstairs doing homeschooling um so Malachi my um 11 year old is uh he's got PE today basically all day is PE so he'll be running up and down the stairs and (laughs) just trying to do all this sort of stuff um and it's just tough you know trying to do um to do life to do work and look after the kids at the same time um so we we feel that certainly as a team um the whole church feels that um you know on calls of people and they're trying to work from home or or wherever they can you know get squeezed in so i'm in our back bedroom uh, and i've shut the door (laughs) to keep the kids out um and yeah and like jamie we've not met we met once actually since uh, lockdown kicked in back in march we had one in-person gathering we planned other things but with more restrictions coming in place we had to cancel those or move them online um, again and, and and doing lots of those things and it's actually at a stage now where we look back to march and that first lockdown with fondness like remember remember what it was like back then it, and it's, it it's such a novelty easier. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was the weather was nicer for us. We you go out for walks. You, people did DIY on their houses, and and it was sort of like, I mean, we knew there was really bad stuff going on, but because it was different, there was a, there was sort of an energy in that thought. Okay, well, we can make the most of this opportunity. Let's spend time with family. Let's do all those things, and and there was a positivity. Um, that seems definitely to be waning and, and isn't there um, as much. So Zoom fatigue obviously is a real thing that people are feeling. And uh, yeah, but you know, it is what it is, isn't it? And, and we try to 
be a agent of hope um, in the midst of all that and how do we support and resource our community and actually when you look at the things that we've been able to do over this last 10 11 months um, we've done things that we never would have done before and mm. we've reached people that we never would have reached uh, before um, and we have to remind ourselves of that because it's hard sometimes to see that um, but actually there is some real good stuff going on um, and I, I'm just saying that just to give myself hope. Duncan, so that, that, yeah. yeah that I mean, innovation, like Chris says, I think is the key to this whole thing. So to be honest, um, Chris and Jamie and me, we've got our notepads out and, and our pens ready because we want to learn from Kev and from Jono because you guys are slightly further down the road than us. You know, you're starting to meet in person. So do you mind if I dive in and ask these boys a couple of questions, Perko? Yeah, mate, right? absolutely. In fact, I, I want to learn from all four people on the call and I've followed all four of your churches on social media and seen some of the innovation that you guys are doing. And I can't wait for you to share it with the people on, on the podcast. So, so the, the question I want to ask Kevin Jono is, uh, you know, what has COVID taught you? We're behind you on the scale, but what have you learned from, because you were locked down for, for part of the time. And like Perko says, you're beginning to be a bit more hybrid, a bit kind of fidgetal, as they say, physical and digital. What, what has this whole COVID experience taught you as a pastor of a church? Kev, why don't you dive in and, and, and help us? I think the COVID, for us, it kind of more um, confirmed things for us because we were already on a journey of figuring out, you know, like church is people, it's not the building. And That's so good. when we went into the lockdown and the building was gone, it was kind of like, ah, okay, right, yeah, we've, we've already been training our people to, to live missionally and to to be sharing their faith all the time, wherever they are. So they weren't as attached to the building. We'd renamed the building too. So we shifted the name of the building to the junction, which is the home of our church and love this city. But the things that we kind of learned in there was the fact that um, you got to be, one of the other guys mentioned it before, you got to be a dealer of hope. But we made the decision when lockdown happened, everybody closed around us. And we said, you know what, we're going to keep our cafe open. We're going to keep it open uh, because people don't do well without having human connection. And so we just kept it open. We just had coffee and food and people would come down and they would come. They'd have zombies like coming down the road, like, like deers in the headlights. And then they'd have a cup of coffee and they would just talk. We just talk to them and be dealing hope. It'll be okay. We get through this. And you watch them kind of calm down and then they would go back to their, wherever their workspaces were. And then they would kind of like come back again a day or so later. So we really realized that people, as much as you can do the Zoom, as much as you can do the online, the connection, the human connection and what happens in being together is so important. So we just made that decision to, to stay in that place and to keep reminding our people, hey, building's closed, so what? Let's just keep going, making disciples and keep engaging as best you can. So that was kind of the kind of things that we learned or was kind of confirmed to us as we've been going down that track anyway. It, that fascinates me, that, Kev, because how many times have we as pastors stood in front of our people saying, the church is not the building, it's the people. And then when the building's taken away from us, we panic because actually the church has been the building. It has been the focus. That hour on a Sunday is all we're wired up to do. And suddenly we flounder. So, uh, yeah, uh, that, that's so, so helpful. Jono, what, what's COVID been teaching you? That's an awesome answer, by the way, Kev. That's um, learning lots from you, mate. Um, I think teaching me has been that the small things are really the big things. And 
I mean, Kev just used the term of agents of hope. And I think this has taught me like nothing else in my life that <clears throat> things like encouragement and um, genuine pastoral care <laughs> and um, praying for people, those things, they're not small, they're huge. And it's what we deal in. And I know we, we're, we've always, before even COVID, I call it the BC days, the BC era before COVID. Um, I love that. That's for free. You know, we knew this and we're always finding creative and engineering ways, you know, to do that. But since all the bells and whistles got taken from us, it just almost, it just taught me to an incredible degree. Things I've been able to give people hope and encouragement to strengthen people's faith, um, you know, lift the downtrodden, like those things, you know, we, we roll off our tongue, but we're like, they, they, they're, they're huge things. It's actually what we do. And um, now the vehicle might be radically different and evolving. Um, but it's just taught me that the stuff we deal in are not small things, they're big things. And it, it, to be honest, it, it's changed my life again. I feel like it's COVID taught me how to pastor again, um, not just lead, if that makes sense. Yeah, that oh, that's such a helpful answer, and I, I'm going to get Jamie to pick up in a minute. And, and Perko, I'm sure, has got some questions. But but um, one of the things that Jamie said to me, which blew my mind, he said to me on a call I was on with him the other day. He said, um, "COVID has been a gift to our church," and it's like, what? How can you say that? And I'll get him to pick up on that later on. But but it's the same. It teaches you how to pastor again. It teaches you to come out from behind the pulpit and realize it's about people. It's not just about the programs we put together. And I've really enjoyed following you, Jono, on, on social media. I mean, hit Jono and his church up on social media, on, on Instagram, because you get an insight into your family, which feels like, you know, makes me feel like I know you more. But then everything you post about church is full of hope and it makes it so attractive. I want to be part of it. So, um, That's yeah, nice. great Good job. Word. Duncan, we were recently at, at dinner with, uh, with Jono, my wife and I, and uh, halfway through the dinner, my wife says, I, I hope this doesn't come across unusual, Jono, but you are perhaps one of the most positive people I've ever been around. <laughs> he constantly is just exuding encouragement and positivity. He's like the Australian version of Joel Olstein. He just can't be negative. There's no chance. He, he just can't do it. It's impossible for him. So we, we'd so. grind him down, Perko. If we got him in the UK or in we Ireland, could. we'd grind him down. <laughs> we'd grind you had him me. Down. You guys had yeah. me for almost two years. And Jono, um, yeah. Where were you at in London, Jono? I was in uh, I was in Wimbledon. I was based in Wimbledon, so okay. southwest. Yeah. And you guys did a good job of grinding me down. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Jamie, I follow you guys on social media in in Ireland and. Although you guys have not been able to gather since March, you have done an incredible job of connecting with people, innovative ways of doing it. I watched uh, your Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve drive-through and the Krispy Kreme donuts that were given away. And mate, you are connecting with people despite the restrictions. Share with us, mate, what you've learned. And then I'd love it if you just share some of the innovative ideas that you guys have been using to connect with people, even though you can't gather. Sure. Well, I made the mistake of kicking off the lockdown uh, reading uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn's Gulag Archipelago, uh, which is a book, let me tell you. And uh, but then I, I started reaching church, reading Churchill's biography. And of course, it was him that said, never waste a good crisis. So we're just trying to find positives wherever we can. Uh, and Ireland, generally speaking, without a, without, without a global pandemic, is a pretty passively depressive place. Uh, you know, Irish people, when they, we go abroad, 
uh, are the party starters, you know, the fun-loving people. Um, they're the people you always want to have at every event because just turn everything into a fun thing. But here, when you're in it, uh, it can be quite uh, depressing. So I suppose we're just trying to be innovative, like Duncan said, and, and rather than looking at all the opposition, ask the question, where has God, where has God given us opportunity? And so the biggest things that we've learned actually aren't so much outward-focused church things, but more heart things, just like what John was saying in regard to pastoring. And I totally agree. It was a great answer. For me, the big learning has been home is where the heart is, really, more than just, you know, a hallmark card or a cliche pity statement. Like, if the home is not well, nothing's well. And so we straight away grabbed that instead of the church. You know, we did really take some time to build into our homes, our marriages, our kids, our primary relationships. You know, we may not be able to reach the world, but we can reach the four or five people right beside us and then the neighbors thereafter. And so it's been great to see so many families in our church flourish uh, as a result of that. And even my own family, that's really why it's been a gift. It's been a gift for us in a sense, because I'm, I mean, I would have left the country once, twice a month, every month, you know, meetings, all this kind of stuff. And not that I'm not as busy. I am still very busy, but I'm here and present. And a lot of people are. And because we live, we've got both of our locations are in the capital, just outside the capital. A lot of commuting goes on, a lot of wasted time on buses, trains and planes. That's all gone now. Now, on the one hand, it's sad because you can't go on a holiday. But on the other hand, you know, Monday to Friday, we're hearing testimonies of people in our church whose, whose dad is home, whose mom is home. The kids aren't locked up in some preschool all day. And good things happen out of that, you know. So that's been really interesting. We've tried to... Um, shape our content in a way that helps that area so like series and family series and marriage uh, and so on and so forth but we just keep asking the question what do people need versus what do they want again like john said or, or should i said the australian uh joel osteen uh like you know the bells and whistles are taken away you know and and we've always tried to be very fairly fluid as a church quite nimble because of where we are ireland's uh, you know an interesting place to do ministry let me tell you um so we, we realized early on that we as an outward focused church, like one of the kind of accusations that I would regularly get is that we're too focused on the loss. Like, well, I'm leaving this church because you guys care too much about the loss. So I'm leaving. Uh, that's always been a regular thing in our church. Um, but we realized earlier on that we actually had to turn inward, kind of more inward than, we're, than we would be comfortable with or that we're used to in order to exactly what John said, pastor people. And as we were thinking about SPD and what are we putting out there and what, what is the, the content we're creating, we realized earlier on that we need to create content for our people first now, but, but, but not lose sight of those, those neighbors, friends, the world. So create content for our people that they can share with their people. So it's accessible, it has handles, it can be given away, but we need to um, pass to our people. So we spent the first half of the year like really trying to focus on that and do that well, groups, all that kind of stuff, uh, and make sure our content was hopeful and helpful. You know, those two things. Like it's inspiring. You watch and you go, man, I don't know why. I just feel better right now. <laughs> and then helpful because I actually can take this and put this to work in, in my real life. So we're really scrutinizing what we're saying and using our airtime um, um, as best as we could. Yeah. And then the latter half of the year is kind of like, we need to do something. We need to do some outreach. And so, you know, looking for opportunities to connect with the community. Sorry, Duncan, go ahead. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, um, Jamie, but I, I think from memory, I remember in your church, she did this brilliant thing because we're all locked down. The only thing we can do is we can get takeaway. You can still go and get takeout. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you did this thing where you, you, you encouraged everyone in your church on Tuesday night. What did you call it? Tuesday night? 
takeout or something and, and you you uh, um, oh gosh yeah take out tuesday yeah. take out tuesday and they all they encourage church members to buy you know takeaway chinese or an indian or, or something or burgers um and buy it for the neighbors and sit so you just leave it on their front doorstep but and then you go back into your house with your burgers and you sit over zoom and uh, you have a meal together and uh, it seemed to work brilliantly yeah, I mean, it was it was very odd for a lot of people to receive a free takeaway from their neighbor, but it was much as much an exercise for the church to break down those kind of barriers and go, listen, start building a relationship with your neighbor. That is your mission field right now. Uh, and even my own neighbor, I mean, we just moved house before Christmas, and we spent six years trying to win favor and and witness to our neighbor. And it was in the course, as usual, the last two or three months before we left, that like they were in our house having dinner, we were in theirs. To ask me to pray for them as they move, like it's been incredible. Uh, just the just how the relationship has actually been accelerated, and it's because of COVID. Because again, you know, he's an engineer and she's a teacher, and one of the reasons why it was hard to build a relationship is because we'd never see each other, mm. right? Because they're always gone, and being present, being there, and you know, their kids, same age as our kids, and then going for walks together, and just and just constant generosity, you know, um, little little gestures. Uh, you know, um, not looking for anything in return, really just built built bridges. And so, yeah, we did that. We did another thing where we, we um, partnered with a pizza company and we went to the hospital and the kind of uh, various places, the frontline workers, and just blessed all the frontline workers of pizza. You know, more pizza than they could handle. Our thing is always abundance. Mm. The grace of God is abundance. And so even with our drive-through that we did that uh, Perko mentioned, you know, it wasn't just Krispy Kreme. We gave, we gave them a, a kind of a goodie bag those of you who remember the goodie bag days, goodie bag, Krispy Kreme donut, like a gourmet hot chocolate, like not some cheap, you know, kind, but like Cadbury's, the real deal stuff, people, you know. Um, we gave them all, uh, they had a photo booth with an Instax camera, you know, so one of those Polaroid camera photos of their family. And then we also gave every child a gift that was worth 20 euro. We managed to get for half price with the, wow. with the Toy Story we went to. So like, there was a story, and I'm going to share this in a video I'm going to do for, Duncan and why I think the church is, it still has hope and stuff. There was a moment when his family was leaving and their, their hands were so full, these little kids with stuff. They're like dropping stuff, dropping the donut, trying to pick up the bag. I just said to our team, that's the grace of God. Mm. And COVID can't stop that. Yeah. COVID can't stop the good news of the gospel getting out. It's the abundant grace of God. So we're just trying to find opportunities like that, practical ways that we can, we can reach our community. I love it. I love it, Jamie. We're over here taking, taking notes. I am anyway. Hopeful and helpful. I'm writing that down and remembering that every time I get up to share a word or shoot a video. Simpkins, mate, you have a while ago done something similar to what Kev and the team at our church did, where you essentially your building was not just the church. It's a community center, straight up partnership with your town and the government in your town. Talk to us about how that shift prior to COVID has helped you guys be innovative during this season of COVID and having that community focus to begin with prior to the pandemic? Yeah, so we built back uh, in 2010 a community centre, so it's called the FBC Centre, and it is, it's, it's not a premise. We didn't build it to give us better premises. We built it as a tool to reach out to the community and to demonstrate God's love. That's the phrase that we used over and over again. 
and it, I mean, it's got a cafe, a library, a sports hall, um, a children's centre meet in there. We've got um, rooms that we hire out to community groups and all that sort of stuff. And uh, in a pre-COVID world, each week we'd get about three to three and a half thousand people through the doors um, who would often come back week after week because they're going into regular activities. Um, and we built that because our focus is outward, you know, it's not about being inward looking. Um, but that did become a massive model um, for us and how we did ministry. And, and pretty much since March, it's sat empty. It, we've opened it at times and um, people have come in and I think we did get back to 50% of its usage um, of, of high-res and those things. Um, but at the moment, it's sitting dormant and sitting empty. Um, and to be honest, that having that didn't necessarily help us in thinking that we're not um the church isn't the building um because it's a massive thing it was over five million pounds that we um we paid um to to build it we have a load of staff who are focused on running it so a big part of who we are is wrapped up um in that building so that's that has been a challenge for us trying to figure out you know we are more than the fbc center and also that we're more than sunday um because again it's the place where people would come to gather um on the weekend um and so we've had to learn and, and pivot against that and push push against um that and trying to find ways how do we connect um into our community but because we've got that as part of our dna there is this big um desire which i think is true in any church to be honest to actually want to connect and want to bless um our communities we did a thing um back in the half term um before christmas um there was a big thing going on over here in the uk about free school meals for for kids who when they're in school would get free school meals but oh, when yeah. they get them yeah and uh so marcus rashford has been you know pioneering um and uh, leading the way on that. So we, we run a cafe and we thought, well, let's just offer free school meals or well, free lunches to anyone who wants it. And we thought about, well, will people abuse it and all these sort of things? And we thought, hey, do you know what? It doesn't matter. Um, it, just come in and we'll make it as simple as possible for you just to say, um, can I have a free meal? And we'll give you a free meal. Um, and we post it on our social media because we wanted to get, get it out there. And it just went viral for us. You know, instantly the whole community grabbed onto this and were so um, encouraging and supportive of it. And we didn't do it for that at all. Um, you know, we were trying to think, well, we don't want to, we don't want to be that church that says, look at us, aren't we great? Look at all the things that we're doing um, in those cases. Um, but we had a whole bunch of people from our community, not even from our church, who were saying, Oh, can we support? Can we bring food? Can we donate money um, to it? And actually, so we we allowed them to get involved in it. We never pushed that. We never actually promoted that you can um, give us money to cover this. But the community paid for it. Um, so all the the meals that we gave away, and I, I can't remember, it was hundreds of meals we gave away wow. um, in that week. Um, the co- it didn't cost us anything, um, and our connection with our community has gone up even more because of that. So yeah, um, something in there. But I think. I don't want to rush away from this moment, Chris and Perko, because because I think I think if you're a church leader and you're listening to this, what you're hearing from Jamie and from Chris is um, abundance and generosity seem to be a key. The problem with most churches and most church leaders is we don't have much margin in our budgets. Mm. We live right up to the income in our budgets and there isn't any margin. And if we haven't got any margin, it's really hard to be generous. Yeah. And I'm wondering in this kind of, covid and post-covid era era if we can be marked as a church for being generous to our community 
I think that will move the ball down the field really quick. But it means we've got to budget differently. Yes. We've got to somehow figure a way of creating a bit of margin. And, you know, we love doing that as families, though. We, you know, if you know of a need, isn't it great just to get $100 out of your pocket and give to that need? You know, and you can only do that when you've got a bit of margin. But if you've got, if there's a need and you think, oh, I want to give a hundred dollars, but I'm already in debt and I owe people this money here and there and you can't be generous. And I think mm. as church leaders, if we can find that margin so that suddenly Marcus Rashford says, let's feed the hungry children. You as a church can say, yes, we can do it. Or you have a drive through where you have more Krispy Kreme donuts than a kid can hold. You know, you can do it because you've created a bit of margin. Listen, can I move the conversation on? Because we need to learn from what Kevin and Jono are doing because you're just a little bit further down the road with this COVID thing. I am fascinated, Kev, absolutely fascinated about how you have re-engineered your Sunday gathering um, around a, a chat show kind of environment rather than the, the normal church service. Could you explain your thinking behind that and, and exactly what that looks like if I was to turn up on a Sunday? Yeah, well... I can't even say I actually intelligently thought about it because it was out of pure desperation. It's like uh, we were coming out of COVID. We were coming out of the the shutdown kind of portion of it and we had to open up and I'm just trying to figure out how am I going to do church online and how am I going to do uh, live as well? I have a very, very small team and staff. Um, So it was like i got to figure out how to do this together. You know, i just got to put it together. So I said, I'm gonna, we're going to run it like a talk show kind of thing. And we, we designed the auditorium with three sections into it. And so we would start in what we call the bunker and then they would share directly to the camera and they'd be talking to, um, talking to the our congregation online and then they would just say, hey, we're about to cut and move across to the, to the auditorium and then they'd go to the hosts in the auditorium and then they'd go to a time of worship, which would only be about two and two and a half songs. And then from there we go to the teaching and then it would go back to the bunker to close it. So it was a, it was a tight one hour kind of experience in there because I'd already been thinking pre COVID that some people were not coping with 15, 20, 25 minutes of worship. They just did, that wasn't their pathway. So I was already thinking I'd like to actually experiment with this kind of thing and see if I could actually do this. And COVID actually gave me the opportunity to, to do it. And so we, we just started the process of doing that, working it as a talk show kind of thing. And then when it closes down, as, the, as um, Perko was saying, once they, it closes, then we deal directly with those in the room. And then they might have another 15 or 20 minutes worship together. We might have communion. Also managing the social distancing and that. So we've been doing that since we came out. And that's been, it's been very effective for us um, up to now. People now are starting to feel a little bit like, well, online's not really fully on and in the room's not really fully on. So I'm in the process right now of uh, just adjusting it slightly again where I'm going to start church online hosts separately and that will deal directly with the people online and be looking to to how to disciple them, how to move them forward online but it'll be set just outside the room the junction and then they can actually say hey listen the room's filling up with the junction i might grab someone out and do some spontaneous things and then they'll cut to the hosts in the junction so people then know that they've gone into the room they're watching the room which takes a little bit more pressure off having to work cameras all the time and you can focus a little bit more intentionally in the room and then we'll do the same thing we'll cut back i'm going to split it i haven't figured out how production wise they'd do this yet is a split so that it'll go 
to our, the church online host, Little D, once again with, okay, what do you do with this message now? How do we move it forward? Can we help you learn how to do devotions? Can we learn, help you learn how to be living mission? Can we help you start a village, whatever we call our small groups villages, while the worship thing carries on? And if people choose to stay online, they can duck back into the final part of the worship. So we're still evolving it and it's still working, but I'm realising that I'm having to tweak it now because it just got to the place where the people feel like, well, both's not real great. You know what I mean? So we're trying to figure out now how to, how to up the intentionality so they feel like it's top and tail for them. And then in the middle part, we can put more focus on the room while still doing the online. So that's kind of where we're at. Okay, but I, I want to bottle this. Uh, listen, if you're a church leader and you're listening to what Kevin's just said, don't miss what he said here. F- you know, forget the, the mechanics of how he's re-engineering church. But did you hear what he said? He said, we, we did something different because of COVID because we realized there were people that were still afraid to come to church and we needed to do something different. But then a few months in, we're realizing that maybe that's not working quite well now. So we're going to make another change. Listen, agility is the biggest thing we need to have as we move forward into this hybrid church. And again, the danger for us as church leaders is we set something up and that's us. We set it in stone. That's who we are going to be for the next 25 years. Surely COVID has taught us the, the, more than anything, we need to be agile. We need to shift and make changes. When we first went into lockdown and we started doing YouTube church, we were changing every week. We were doing something and realizing it wasn't working and changing it every week. We were never doing that pre-COVID. And I think as we start to do the hybrid thing, let, let's evolve it. Let's do some honest feedback. Let's see what works and see what doesn't and, and change it around. Duncan, I couldn't agree with you more, mate. We have to be agile right now as churches leading in these uncertain times. And I agree, agility is one of the key, key characteristics of a leader that's going to be successful moving forward. So I love what Kev had to say about that. And I can't wait. We're going to continue this conversation, um, but we're going to pause it for now. And next week, when we bring out part two of the conversation, we've got some great stuff to continue talking about. In fact, one of the pastors from Sunshine Coast in Australia, Jono, is going to share about how a struggling church in the midst of a pandemic came to his church looking for help. And they have been able to revitalize in a congregation in a community that's now a life-giving church in that area. So got some great stuff to talk about. What about in the UK, Duncan? We've got some things coming up in the next part of the conversation. I'm really looking forward to uh, to everybody listening to Jamie, who's a pastor of a fantastic church in Dublin in Ireland. And that little accent of his is so engaging as he talks. But they've, they've hit on this word abundance. They just want to be generous to the world around, to their community around. So they are doing the crazy abundant things Uh, the most crazy, the most abundant things you can imagine just to bless their community and to to put their reputation on the map as being that kind of an organization. So you'll pick up in the next episode how they went about doing that and what the impact was. And also Chris, one of our pastors of a church just outside London, uh, south of London, um, they opened their cafe when when, um, we were all locked down and they were offering free meals to families that were struggling. So rather than their cafe charging for food, they were offering free meals and it's made a huge impact in their community. So much so that the council have said, we want to partner with you on those kind of things. So we're going to talk a lot about how we as churches can begin to make a big shift, a big uh, impact in our community in ways maybe we'd never thought of before. Yeah, I can't wait for that part of the conversation next week. And as always, guys, we would love it 
if you would connect with us online. So many of you have reached out to us and we've been able to connect with you beyond just the podcast. So make sure you hit us up, bricksandclickspodcast.com and Bricks and Clicks Podcast on all the social platforms. Until next time, we'll see you next week. Well, we hope this episode of Bricks and Clicks was helpful. If it was, then we'd love if you could leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you are leading a church in Australia, the UK or Ireland, we'd love to help you grow your church by reaching unchurched people. Go to www.bricksandclickpodcast.com and click on your country's flag to find a whole bunch of free resources to help your church go further, faster and become irresistible once again.